Hi, I'm Trevor Cochran and this is The Garden Gurus Live, a weekly show where I'll share seasonal gardening advice, feature a variety of gardeners from all across Australia and give listeners the opportunity to interact and ask your garden questions. To join the chat live and ask your gardening questions, all you need to do is like our Facebook page and tune in every week. This program is brought to you by The Garden Gurus and Scott's Performance Naturals. Scott's Performance Naturals is the 100% natural and sustainable way to grow and feed your garden. Backed by years of research and developed by scientists, the technology employed enhances natural processes, allowing extra strong growth. The Performance Naturals range contains organic materials such as nature N, blood and bone, seaweed, biostimulants, manure and feather meal to improve the soil and encourage microbial and earthworm activity. To find out more about the Scott's Performance Naturals range, head to lovethegarden.com.au. Hello and welcome to The Garden Gurus Live. I'm Trevor Cochran. It's great to have you joining us today and it's great to be back on a Monday morning. I don't know about you, but um, I have had a really wet July. In fact, it has been so wet we had nearly where i live which is not far out of perth metro area just under half a meter of rain so i was walking around my garden yesterday squishing and squashing thinking to myself gee whiz i don't ever recall it being this wet and around the country at the moment uh there is a fair bit going on when it comes to rainfall we'll talk about that in a second Today on the show, we've got uh, my mate Nige Ruck joining us. He's coming into us from Sydney and, of course, everybody over there at the moment um, in Sydney and, and also in Brisbane where you've also gone into lockdown. Uh, hearts are going out to you guys. Hopefully things start to turn around really soon there, but I suppose it's a bit more time at home, maybe a bit more time in the garden, so it's not so bad. We're not far away from filming the Garden Guru series. In fact, we've just started and Nigel tell us a little bit about his first stories. Um, have you got roses in your garden? You should have pruned them by now because um, it's usually the first week of August when you really get into them and getting them into shape is a really big deal. We'll talk about them a little bit later on. I've got a couple of products that you should be putting into the garden at the moment that'll help them really get a, I suppose, a kickstart as they start to grow out from um, from that pruning process. Garden Express, my mate David Van Berkel will join us a little bit later on. We've got uh, four packets of Mr. Fothergill seeds and a Dalek tap for a lucky winner, we'll show you um, how well, we'll tell you how to do that, and that's quite easy. All you have to do is um, is make sure that you're asking us lots of questions. I'll just quickly talk about the rain before we go to some of your questions. They are flowing through, so, so send them in. And remember, when you do, just tell us where, you, where you're from, so state and also suburb. It really does help me a lot because um, everywhere in the country at the moment, we're getting very different conditions. Now, Perth, I said, uh, had well and truly above average rainfall, nearly 100 mils in the metro area and certainly up where I live, um, nearly 200 mils. It was a massive, massive July. Um, one of the second wettest on, on record. Today it's only 17 degrees and cloudy. looks like we're going to get some more rain. In Sydney it's 21 degrees. You've got a morning shower there and uh, the rainfall. Well, again, in Sydney, like it has been in Perth, above average. In Brisbane, interestingly enough, rainfall has been below average. It's 28 degrees in Brisbane at the moment, so things will be a bit dry in your garden. So this is why it's important you tell us what it is that you would like me to, to answer and let me know exactly where you're located because it's such a big difference. 
for example, in Adelaide, it's only 13 degrees at the moment, it's like Melbourne, but rainfall has been below average in Adelaide. Um, Hobart has got um, a shower or two and Darwin, uh, it's only 13 degrees in Hobart and Darwin's 33 degrees and sunny. And um, this is the this is what we're dealing with when we're talking with the Garden Gurus Live. We're trying to help you with your garden problems, but we're dealing with such a big country, five different climatic zones, so many different environments that we're all gardening in. So we're getting very different sort of problems occurring. So maybe I should help you with those first. Margaret is in Belgrave. Hello, Margaret. It's great to have you with us. Belgrave is just out of Melbourne. Um, a suburb of actually. Um, I was given a beautiful cymbidium orchid early May. It's now finished flowering. Should you cut it back um, to the bulb or to the pseudo bulbs? They look like bulbs. And how do I look after this beautiful plant? Now the trick with with cymbidiums actually is if it's a if it's a quite a big clumpy sort of plant, you can actually break them up as soon as they finish flowering. So you cut the flower stem off completely. Uh, you can repot it. Now's a good time to be doing it and giving it a feed. But use a controlled release plant food. Um, keep them in a relatively sort of protected environment and then um, really probably about sort of January, more likely sort of end of February, um, you want to move it out into a brightly lit position and this will trigger flowering for next year, for next season. So that's often a problem with cymbidiums is they're kept in shade too long. They don't produce flowers the next year. They just produce a lot of growth. Sarah, I'm not sure where you're from. Is there a solution? Oh, actually, I can work it out because you asked in the question. Um, is there a solution for woolly aphids on pink lady apple trees in Tassie? Well, woolly aphids is an interesting pest because really the ideal scenario is to have birds come in and clean them up for you. But if you don't have them around um, and wattle birds and, and those um, those carnivorous birds are the, the best, but if you don't have them around, you can treat your tree using something like eco oil or one of those horticultural oils. You need to just drench it. Now's a great time to do it because you basically where they breed and where they get to it's in the cracks and the forks of those branches. So giving it a good soak and, and covering them all up is a good way to go. Hi, Jan. Jan's in Ipswich in Queensland, and thank you very much. Uh, I am glad to be back. Um, when you buy a punnet of advanced seedlings that all look the same, why do some of them survive and others don't? Now, they're the same size, treated the same way and planted in the same position. It's a really good question, Jan. So once upon a time in another life almost, I spent a period of time building and stocking Bunnings garden centres. So a little period of time where I worked with Bunnings and, and helped build those centres and develop their offer. And there was a strict rule we had with seedlings for all of the stores, and that was the seedlings could never be taller than the label in the punnet. And if they were, they were too big. So the bigger the seedling, um, and particularly with advanced ones, um, the more risk there is of root damage when you're taking them out of the punnet. So it's a really, really good idea. And this is the way you'll get a consistent result. It's a really good idea to get a bucket of water, put a bit of sea salt solution in there and sit them in the solution. So just let them sit in the bucket for about two minutes before you go and plant them out. It's a really good way to go. So um, it's it's this thing with um, with plants when you're transplanting them. They really do, they can go into shock and, and the more mature they are in a pot, the more risk there is when you're taking them out of a punnet that they could be damaged. 
Scott's in Ipswich as well in Queensland. It's great to have you join us, Scott. Um, when's the best time to prune Euphorbia zigzag plants? Well, the zigzag plant is an interesting plant. And uh, it's one of those things that, of course, the cuttings will grow really, really well from it. So pruning it sort of now or pruning it when you're sort of sitting in what's the temperature there, 28 degrees today, pruning it now is not a good idea in the middle of the day. But at the end of the day, prune it and then leave the cuttings on the ground around the base of where, where the plant is or in a, in a spot that's dry. And then tomorrow, take those cuttings and then pop them into some potting mix. That's all you have to do. You don't need special you know, propagation mix or anything like that. The zigzag will grow like crazy, and it's a, it's a really cool little plant. So now it's not a bad time in Ipswich. But if you're in Melbourne or if you're in Tassie, don't go pruning them now. They don't like the cold, and opening up wounds can leave them open to fungal infections. Kim's in Melbourne, speaking of Melbourne. Hi, Kim. Uh, can I replace a citrus tree now, and when is the time to prune it? Right, so citrus you prune after they finish fruiting. So a lot of the citrus varieties have actually um, have done their thing now, and they are um, – they are um, pretty much almost gone into sort of a, like a level of dormancy because they put so much energy into producing the fruit. What you need to do is you need to give them a good feed and, and pruning them and shaping them is a good idea. I'm taking when you say you want to replant, I'm assuming you're talking about transplanting it. So if it's a, it's a plant in a pot, really easy. Definitely now is a great time to do it. If you're transplanting, I would suggest that you leave it for another four weeks in Melbourne, all right? You just want it a little bit warmer. And again, that same thing, it's a good idea to soak the soil with sea salt. Really does a, a really good job in reducing transplant shock. Deanne is on the Gold Coast. Hi, Deanne. I've got some disease on my elkhorn. The tips are brown. There's some little black bugs like ants and there are a few cobwebs. What can I do? Well, in actual fact, I, I suspect that you've probably got something that's going on completely natural. You don't have to worry about it, Deanne. You don't need to spray. This is when the, the tips go brown, the elkhorns have produced spore. And there are some, some animals, that uh, some little insects that come in, and uh, there's one in particular that loves eating it. Now, pretty much that's just how the, the plant rolls. It's just how it works. And it's not a bad thing sometimes to have some of these pests coming through and cleaning up any excess. But you should start to see if you're in a, in a really moist position, if they're in a moist position, um, some little elkhorns actually start to germinate it around the base if it's moist all the time. It is a fern. So there, there's a couple of little weevils that love eating the spore. I, I wouldn't spray it. You can do if you want. If they're damaging the leaves, um, then definitely give them a treatment. Ants generally, you, when you're seeing them around, they're moving insects like scale around the plant, so that's something to keep in mind. Margaret is in the Upper York Peninsula, South Australia. Hi, Margaret. Thanks for joining us. It's lovely to have you with us this morning. Um, we've had a lot of rain lately. My Washington Naval Orange has developed a sooty coating on its leaves. What is this and how should I treat it? Margaret, this is a classic problem. Um, now, it's not the rain that's causing that sooty mould on, on the actual foliage. It's actually ants being active, and they're probably farming something like scale or mealybug. Now, with a scale, it emits this thing called, this little sucrosy thing called honeydew, and that's, that's um, covered over the ants. And as they walk over the leaves of the plant, um, sooty mould which is, is a fungus but, but not one that's actually going to damage the plant, starts growing over the leaves. Now, if it's really bad and it recovers the leaves black, then the, the plant can't reproduce or can't produce 
energy from sunlight because it's literally being shaded out. So you do have to wash it away. But the real issue is probably more likely the ants and highly likely that you've got scales. So I would take a bit of a look. And the scale will be obvious because under the leaves and possibly on some of the new growth stems, you'll see little brown um, little dots um, and they should be like little raised bumps and that's what um, that's what uh, does that. So it's nice having you join us, Margaret. Thank you very much. It's nice to have people from South Australia tuning in this morning. It's one of our favourite states on the Garden Gurus. I'm hoping we're going to get across this series and do some filming in SA as well. So um, fingers crossed we'll see how we go. Now, the spring series of the Garden Gurus is just around the corner and um, we're about to tell you the dates pretty soon. And we've all started uh, doing a bit of preparation work. In fact, I'm filming this week, but my mate Nigel Ruck, he was actually filming last week and I think again on the weekend. Nigel, uh, how are you going, mate? I'm very well, thanks, Trev. You? Yeah, you're looking good, my friend. Um, how's, uh, how's lockdown treating you over there in New South Wales at the moment? Um, well, it's pretty bad this time around. I mean, for me personally, with our... With the landscaping business and the garden mm -hmm. maintenance, um, we were caught up. We've just come out of the two-week construction lockdown. That was yep. the first time they've done that. So uh, we didn't do anything for two weeks Gee. at people's houses. I mean, it was an opportunity for me, you know, to work on a couple of designs and, and, and do admin-type work. So yep. Um, but it hasn't been, you know, there's been assistance from the government for, for my employees. Yep. Uh, so really we, uh, we ha it's not been too bad for, for my business. It's just and been too But for other people, it's been devastating, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. Really Look for bad. so many. It's this is a pretty scary, um, you know, form too of this disease, isn't it? It um, yeah. seems to be just moving through the community pretty pretty rapidly. It's pretty bad. I mean, um, it, it just feels a lot worse than last year, uh, more more contagious. Um, mm. Numbers are still, I think there were 208 or something like that in Sydney today. You know, we get the daily, daily update at 11. Yep. So, you know, I mean... Uh, you know, for some people, it's just devastated their business completely, which is terrible. Yeah. For us, yeah. you know, for me personally, it's not been, it's not too bad. I mean, um, but being very cautious, I get tested uh, every week. I yep. just got tested again yesterday and um, I'm getting my first shot, first shot of the vaccine on Wednesday. Well done. That's great. Yeah, is that the best you know, just get, just get on the, I mean, there's a massive push now for, for people to get vaccinated. Yeah, I'm, I'm two weeks yeah. away from getting my second shot. I, I had right. the AstraZeneca and it was, a, okay. it was a good good thing to get done. Absolutely. I mean, you know, so it's just, uh, you know, it's just another step towards moving on from all this nonsense. Well, it's nice to, to be back filming the Garden Gurus, mate. Now tell me, what you, you first up stories, you had a couple that you did the other day? Yes, done two days. Um, so we, I was... Shooting on Friday, just gone mm -hmm. at Eden Gardens. We had a good day there. I haven't been there for a while, but it was obviously extremely quiet in the nursery. The cafes all closed. I mean, I think I saw about eight people all day. But sure. uh, we've got um, so. I mean, from our, from a selfish from our point of view, that was a good thing, you know. So we we, yeah. we had a place to ourselves pretty much. So we did um, nice story on indoor plants, um, and 
you you got to mention in that one, Trev. I've mentioned I've got you in a two or three of the stores already. I've come out firing. Oh no, it started I've come out straight with away. Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to see. But all I'll I say don't know. is I'll be up there with the likes of Sir Richard Branson. <laughs> oh dear. So we did we did one on indoor plants, another one on um, some nice uh, pruning tools from yeah. from Dalek that you get through Mister Fothergill's. That was good, okay. and um, and then a, a couple on fertilizers. So and some lawns. You know, it's been good. It's been right. good. The days have been great. I think hopefully they'll come up well. Mate, the, the rainfall in Sydney um, year to date is above average. How's how's how gardens going at the moment over there? Oh, pretty good. I mean, it feels to me that it's been quite dry the, right. just the last sort of a couple of weeks. Yeah, right. I've noticed it a bit. It's been a bit windy. We've had some mm-hmm. some strong winds. Um, it's been warm, um, like sort of it's hit twenty four. At times, yep. so it's almost yep. like spring's come a month early, and quite oh, frankly, yeah. I hope it has. You know, <laughs> I mean, uh, because um, but we've had, yeah, it does feel like this year we've had pretty good rain. You know, mm. pretty good rain uh, uh, overall. You know, which yeah. is great. Now, Nigel, um, we've got a question. Christy from Sydney Hills has come in. Um, most of the lily pilly species have black sooty mold over their foliage. What should yep. I do? Okay, well, as you were touching on before, the sooty mould comes from the honeydew, which is, you know, excreted by the likes of uh, scale and aphids. Mm-hmm. So really it's dealing with the, with the, with the pest that's causing the problem. Yep. Uh, and, you know, the oils are great. There's, um, the sea salt have got their new um, Enviro Pest Oil, Earth right. from their earth care range so really okay. it's dealing with the dealing with the the scale yep it's really with the lily pillies i see more more scale than than aphid uh yeah pink scale, the, the pink the pinks i forget all the now so many scales i think it's the californian it's like a pinky color that's on the tops top of the leaves yes you see that a lot and then you've got the little uh the white louse scale that you see more in the shade yeah, on the actual branches. Yeah, um, and we're and getting this um, Chinese white waxy scale. Is that what it is? Um, quite a large, large one though. Very big and um, very you know, squish them, and they're really juicy and gross. Yep. But um, they, beautiful, they, beautiful wash they, down with a glass of Chardonnay or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little too early in the morning, Nigel. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe over there. <laughs> the um, the uh, yeah, look, they're, they're uh, I think with scales, you know, it's um, if you let them get out of control, uh, it, it's a big problem. And really, the yeah. only way is to cut them off, prune, prune all the prune the bad bits off. Yeah. Follow up with a good spray because often you don't see the juveniles. You know, the really the juveniles you go, oh, you think you've got rid of them all, and then all of a sudden, a week or two later, they're, they're back. Yeah. So I think a com- it's a combination of pruning and and, and throwing out, uh, spraying. And, yep. then, and as you touched on, ants obviously yeah. farm the scale. So if you've got ants around, they're probably also part of the package. Uh, and, and that's and what that's we the- And I'm obviously keeping the plant really healthy. Is yeah. a big feed. A big feed yep. is important, you know. 
consistently feeding. I think particularly yeah. when um, if you're using them in hedges and stuff like that, that's a, a really important tip as well. Teller, who is from um, the central coast in, in um, New South Wales, said it's always fun to see you two together because we always have a lot of fun, don't we, Nigel? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's been a little while since, well, we've, you know, certainly um, certainly on the travel, on the explore trips, you know, yeah. we've, uh, we've had a lot of laughs over the years, not recently, of course. Uh, no, but, no. You know, from my point of view, I, I always like to just throw a little bit in, you know, and as you do, I just, I've got you in. I've got you. I think I've mentioned you in three stories already out of six. <laughs> three out of four. <laughs> out of six. Out of six. Yeah, just a little, you know. 50%. Your first six stories, and I'm in three of them. I can't believe it. the usual, you know, Trev's the James Bond of pruning. (laughs) You know, that's nice. I've got that type of stuff. So, yeah, it's it's, it's fun to have a bit of banter, you know. It is. Amongst amongst ourselves. It is. And I think that's one of the things that, um, that, you know, makes it so much fun is that we are. And for those people who follow the show, you know, on a regular basis, Nigel and I, we've been doing this for a long period of time. So it's nice to uh, nice to have a little bit of fun along the way and uh, it keeps us both on our toes. It's not unusual for me to get a, uh, to get a, a text at about uh, 4 o'clock or 4.30 on a Saturday afternoon from Nigel going, oh, you got me this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, you got me a couple yeah. in the last series. It was uh, it was fun, a lot of fun. Yes, so, yeah. You know. Well, mate, look, thanks so much for for joining us. It's good to catch up, and it's it is a it's a great series that's coming up. We um, kick off on the twenty first of August. Check your local TV guides because there are a few different time zones or a few different times around the country due to sporting events. So, um, mm. thought uh, we might. Uh, we might just uh, suggest everybody keeps their eye out for that. And, of course, uh, Nige, uh, you will be in, in top form, I, I know. I, I haven't seen these mm-hmm. stories yet, but I think after after this session today, I might be going to the edit suite just to have a look and see what's yeah. what's been just sent yeah. over. Try not to cut anything out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> At least not the good bits anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, thanks for joining us. Yeah. I appreciate it, buddy. My, my, my pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your day. See ya. Yeah. Bye. See ya. This podcast is brought to you by Still and Evergreen Garden Care. Still is Australia's most trusted brand of garden power tools, backed by 95 years of German engineering excellence. To get your hands on their range, visit your local Still dealer today or visit still.com.au. What a, what a great character this bloke is and a fountain of knowledge. He really is a very, very clever man. Um, comments are coming through and we are getting obviously a lot of, uh, a lot of feedback. There's, uh, there's quite a few questions and, and please remember, tell me where you are from. It does make a big difference. Um, Sarah from Tasmania said that uh, currently Tassie is waterlogged um, because uh, – <laughs> WA's been sending all the water over. Well, I don't know. There's a lot st- that's been uh, staying here. Thanks, Sarah. It's uh, it's been very, very wet in uh, in Western Australia. One of the wettest years. And the the upside to that for those people who know uh, WA, the southwest corner is a biodiversity hotspot. We've got about twelve thousand unique um, plant species to this region. So. Uh, the speciation in the area is massive, and the wildflowers are just 
absolutely sensational this year. So right now we've got a huge number of orchids that are coming out, um, but in the next or probably four weeks, you'll see all the pinks, all the, the beautiful little everlastings and so on start to come on these huge shows. So um, I'm hoping we'll be able to show you a little bit of that um, through the Garden Guru series. But you know, if, you, um, if you're not in lockdown and you're able to uh, get over to this part of the world, then um, that's certainly something to look out for. It's going to be a long flowering season this year because of all the rainfall. Um, we'll just keep rolling. And, and Kate, I'm not sure where you're from. Where's the best, what's the best natural solution to get rid of soursop? Now, soursop is a, um, is a uh, weed that produces this yellow flower that you'll see. It's very common right across the country and uh, gets its name because um, you can actually chew on it. It's actually used um, in in some or a lot of those grazing restaurants that that do the um, uh, do the foraging. They have been actually uh, collecting this and they'll use it in, in various dishes. Um, so eating it's one way to go. That's certainly going to reduce them. The the big problem with them is that they do spread all the way through garden beds if you're not careful. And the best way to control them naturally, and they are a very hard thing to spray with chemicals anyway, so don't worry about it, is to mulch over the top. So layers of newspaper, thick layer of mulch over the top of them, and it'll smother all the weeds out. I hope that helps, Kate. Erin um, is in Brisbane. Hello, Erin. Um, you've got a blueberry in a pot. The leaves have gone spotty yellow and red, and that's usually an indication of quite cool conditions, Erin. Um, feeding them does help an awful lot. It's quite warm in Brisbane at the moment, so I'm a bit surprised that you've got that problem. Um, it's, it sort of is fairly typical of um, when they're dormant and in cold, colder conditions. Um, it's 28 degrees in Brisbane today, so... Um, it, it probably doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, definitely feeding them is a really good idea. Um, there is a bit of a blueberry rust around, and you know when you say spotty yellow and red, uh, that could possibly be it. it. Might be worthwhile taking a photograph, Erin, and sending it through to us, or pop some leaves in a plastic bag and pop down to your local garden centre, just in case it is. Because then, if it is a rust disease, you will have to treat it. Anya is in Parramatta in New South Wales. I've got a gorgeous big Thai basil. It's gone into flower, and I was thinking of cutting it back. Should I prune it in winter? And if yes, when in the day, and how do I care for it? Well, I'm pretty amazed actually that you've got Thai basil doing really well. It's 21 degrees in Sydney today, and um, the nights get pretty cool, and Thai basil tends to struggle during colder conditions. Um, what I would suggest you do is you let it go into flower, um, only cut the seeds off if you're going to collect them and use them, um, but I wouldn't cut it back, and certainly wouldn't cut it back hard. I'd wait until you're in summer, proper summer conditions, uh, and there are no cold nights, and then I would cut it back and I would feed it, and that should do the job. I hope that helps, Anya. Um, let's have a look. We'll go to Brisbane uh, from our YouTube channel. I should mention that uh, you can also catch us on YouTube. Um, the, the, the question here has come from Karen. She's in Brisbane. She's got a passion for it. It's got lots of large fruit, but they don't seem to be ripening. They're still green. Now, this is a pretty common problem. And there's a couple of reasons why this happens. Generally, it's because it is still too cool at night. So if it's a little warmer, you will see them start to, to get dark. But look, don't worry. Um, passion fruit have this wonderful way of dropping the fruit when it's ripe. And basically, once the, the vine starts dropping fruit, you can go through and start picking them and you will find that they're a lot sweeter. So let it go through its natural cause. I've In my garden, um, I've got bananas and I've got you know huge big bunches at the moment. 
and they're all green, but I've got some that are starting to split, which means that the fruit's actually ripe. Um, it's just there hasn't been enough sunlight. And Perth had, you know, something like, um, I think, 19 days in a row with rainfall. So when you've got this lack of, of, of sunlight coming through, sometimes you won't get the blush coming through on the fruit. And that's what, um, that is what, um, you need to watch out for. Now, I'm just looking, Lockie, who is producing today, is uh, sharing me some notes. We've got some prizes to give away. Let's not forget that. Um, and all you have to do to win the prize, um, prizes, is answer this question. What Australian natives have you got growing in your backyard at the moment? It's, um, it's a really good one. And of course, folks, Remember, post your, your answer in the comments section and don't forget to like this video as well. Um, plant of the week. I'm going to get uh, Jimmy, who is uh, is running the show, to put up some photos that I took this morning. I went out for a walk in my local area. It's a bit cold, but, um, gee, it's a fantastic time of the year. And, and of course, it's Olympics time. You know, this is, this is when we're all going for gold. So why wouldn't you do this? Why wouldn't you grow wattles? And I've got um, – there was three of my favourite wattles that we're in flower now. One of them is actually an, a, a pest in the area that I live in. It's called Acacia idiophylla, and it's a uh, um, it's the Flinders Range wattle, and it reseeds and it spreads quite rapidly. But it is beautiful this time of the year, just smothered in in a weeping um, golden um, racemes of flowers or, or bunches of flowers. Absolutely beautiful. There's a couple of different ones, Baileyana and Potterofolia are the two other types that are there, both with beautiful bluish foliage. So the blue and the gold is is a standout. Now, the thing with, with wattles is that they come in every different size. The three I've mentioned actually get quite large. One's a large shrub. The other two are actually um, quite reasonable, small to medium-sized trees. What I would recommend is if you don't have room for a wattle as far as a tree goes, why not have a look at some of the, the wattles that are out there that are ground covers? Now, your local specialist um, native plant nursery is sure to have them in their native plant range. There's a whole bunch of different ones out that are now available and they're effectively ground covers. There's also some quite dwarf shrubs out there too. So have a look for them. My plant of the week is the good old wattle, the acacias, which are just gorgeous this time of the year. Now, uh, our um, we've got our Garden Express offer. I forgot all about it. Um, time to get get into uh, into that. And it's great to see my mate David Van Burkle joining us. Hey, David, how are you? Good, Trevor. How are you going? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good too, mate. Um, you guys uh, freshly out of lockdown, thank goodness. Uh, yeah, thank goodness, because I don't think we could cope if we were staying in lockdown. There's heaps of people uh, placing their online orders, uh, yeah. and we're inundated, Trev. It's just, it's just gone mad. Well, look, this was a pretty tough one for you guys. I noticed that um, you know, for a period of time you were held up, unable to get deliveries out, but um, they're starting to flow, which is great, and, and I'm, I'm hearing about people. Uh, in fact, I saw some... Um, I saw some uh, baronias arrive actually the other day um, here in the office, and uh, so I know you guys are, are working flat out to get stuff out and moving around. How's it how's it going in that area? Uh, yeah, look, I, I suppose it's still recovering a little bit from the from the storms. The um, the orders were already flowing in, and mm -hmm. uh, with the storms, it just did held us up a little bit. Um, but but for every day that we pack a heap of orders out, there's more orders that come in. Of course, the weekends are a lovely time for people to get online and uh, and place their orders. We've uh, we've put on extra six staff 
just to try wow. and keep pace with things. Yeah, it's gone pretty crazy. So that's um, right. Look, I'm going to say we're having a lot of fun, but it's pretty tiring, and um, you know, my, my girls are, uh, are struggling a little bit to cope. And, yeah. Um, so this week's offer, Trev, is a little bit secretive. We're not releasing it to everybody. We've just got okay. it for the viewers of the Garden Gurus today. Um, right. So we've tucked it in there in the row section for them to yeah. find, uh, and we're not going to release this maybe for another week or, or maybe Friday. Wow. So what? What when we're talking about roses, the, are these pr- the premium varieties, some of these, you know, um, PBRs and things like that? Uh, lots of PBRs this year, Trevor. So we've got two collections. One's five of the best roses, uh, the, the most new release roses. So we'll call yep. that the premium collection. And then we've got a, uh, a bigger collection of 10 roses, uh, okay. probably a little bit more value in the in the 10 roses, but, of course, yep. uh, a few less premiums, the regular ones, Iceberg, Bonica, uh, a couple of the uh, the hybrid tea and floribunda types. Okay. Now, look, for those people who don't realise, you might be looking at your rose bushes or your neighbour's rose bushes and going, well, look, they're all dormant and you've been cut back and so on. That is actually the perfect time to be getting your roses and planting them. It's the best time of the year to be getting roses into the ground now, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, we, we dig our roses at the, the start of May, trim the, trim the excess foliage off, maybe send the sheep yep. through uh, to eat a little bit of that off. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, August, once the, the buds start to swell uh, and you start getting fresh leaf growth, that's also a good time to plant. So for us, this is the end of our dormant season and hence yep. the... Uh, the, the clearance to uh, to push the last of the roses out off the floor, make sure they get some good homes. We're um we're we're currently playing some vision of roses, and some of the roses were actually filmed up in and around the outside of where you guys are up in Monbolk, and uh, they are just spectacular. They they grow so well up there, and over here in the west, with hot dry conditions, they they grow really well as well. It's one of the most rewarding plants anybody can have. So if you've got room, and somebody the other day was pointing pointing something out, they've got a fence and it's got a pathway alongside it, and they don't want somebody jumping over the fence at night or anything. So along the edge of the the fence, which is only a small like a low fence. Um, they planted rose bushes and they said uh, they, they were thinking of them as a security plant. But, of course, the actual benefit was not so much the security plant side of it but was just a spectacular flower. So they said they ended up with all their neighbours coming and then sort of bending over the fence and sniffing the roses as they walked past. So such a great plant with so many you know different versatile uses, right? I think uh, a rose like Mr Lincoln or or, uh, or Papa Milan's plenty of thorns on those. That might uh, yeah. keep a few of the nasty ones away. So. Yeah, no, so, terrific. So, mate, I'm going to go back through this offer because it's pretty incredible. Five premium roses for 75 bucks. Now, normally that'd be 140. It's a saving of 45. percent Or the lucky, this is the lucky dip rose offer. This is 10 roses, 136 bucks. That's that's amazing value. Normally 248. It's a saving of 45 percent again. They're really, really good. They're good deals. Um. You, now, one of the big issues that we, we've all had, and I know you guys have struggled with it, is that um, when we, we put these offers out there, they tend to be sold pretty quickly. You've got quite reasonable stocks, mate, still left? I'm a bit nervous about this one. I fear, I fear a crash of the, uh, of the computer system happening. <laughs> um, we, we, have a, we have a few, Trevor, but I'm not going to say it's a lot, and, and hence we, we'll put it out to, uh, to just the viewers today. Yep. And leave it through till the weekend or probably even next Monday because they're just going to be snapped up so quick at that value, uh, which yeah. is what we want also, Trev. You know, we, we need to make some space on the floor. 
We've got new season product coming in. The uh, the rest of the hippiastrums have been harvested. We've got dahlias coming on board. Um, so, yeah, the, the warehouse is active. I've got to order some hippiastrums, David. Don't forget me. I, I've got a dozen new varieties for you this year, Trevor, so, oh, uh, so perfect. Man. Fantastic. Well, look, it's a great deal. What are people got to do? They've just got to jump online, gardenexpress.com.au. Exactly, but then go to the rows section. So at the yeah. top of at the top of the screen, you've got the different plant varieties. So go mm. into the rows selection. It's not in the normal specials area, just so that yeah. we can hide it from the from a bit more from the uh, from the general public. Okay, that's an exclusive deal for everybody following the Garden Gurus Live, mate. Thanks so much for joining us today, David. My pleasure as always. Great to see you. Garden Express are Australia's leading mail-order gardening service, offering a wide range of quality garden products. Each week on the Garden Gurus Live, the team at Garden Express will share a weekly offer. So make sure after today's show, you jump online and visit their website. All right. Well, that's a great deal, folks. I hope you um, hope you can take advantage of that and really... Uh, really uh, get some roses in this. Basically, for just over 200 bucks, you could have 15 roses. It's a whole rose garden, including some of the latest varieties and releases. Now, just talking about roses, if you're wondering about the things that you should be doing, um, right at the moment, um, I, and I mentioned this about planting, but um, Scots have got this. So, so we all know about Evergreen. Evergreen are a big sponsor of this show um, and supporter. They've got a lot of brands, really good brands within them, Scots being one of them, Osmocote being another one that everybody seems to know and, and love. Um, but they've got some specialised um, potting mixes and, and also um, fertilisers that are designed specifically for plants that produce large amounts of flower. So roses are a classic example. And, and here you can see Nige in form. He's got, a, he's got his iceberg out. He's got the Osmocote uh, rose garden and azalea, and he's got it, he's giving it a good handful. Now, roses do love um, to be fed. That's a really important thing. And if you're going to grow them, you've got to grow them in good soil. It's the key to, to great success. And you can see um, with this particular one, he's using uh, the Osmocote rose gardenia and azalea premium potting mix. The potting mix itself has wetting agents in it. It's got, you know, composted organics. It's got this water smart technology to make sure water's getting evenly through it. And this encourages stronger, healthier root growth. So the results are really, really good. So when you get your roses, it's worthwhile popping into your local Bunnings. I think you can do click and collect if you, um, if you are unable to actually go and visit it, but you can order these things online at your local Bunnings store and it's such a great combination. So fertiliser, roses, if they're in the ground, if they're in pots, give them the Osmocote. It's a really good thing to do right now as growth starts to come out in the warmer weather. Um, and then the second thing is if you're going to grow them, in fact, if you're going to grow anything, it's not just roses, it's camellias and azaleas and gardenias, all those beautiful flowering plants, Get the specialised potting mix. It just delivers such incredible results. I hope um, I hope that helps because if you follow our advice, I promise you, um, after you've planted your roses from Garden Express, you will be absolutely thrilled with the result, and that's what it's all about. Um, there's there's so much um, there's so much to do with roses, but you, you get it right in the beginning. And you just do not have any problems at all, and you just enjoy those flowers. And the one tip I would say is, once they've come into flower, let them flower, harvest as many as you can, put them in a vase, bring them inside, 
Um, and then when they finish flowering, go through and get them, literally get the hedge shears out. You can get the still hedge trimmer, the battery-powered one, and go through and just literally hedge over the top. And all they'll do is flush new growth back out again. It's incredible how they, um, how good they they uh, they do that. So there you go, a bit of rose advice. It's a strange thing because uh, you might be thinking they've been cut back and they're a little bit um, they're a little bit in the dormant stage. But now's the time to be getting it right for what will be an amazing rose season coming up. Now it's back to questions and answers. Make sure you hit the like button, folks. It shares it with your friends. And um, remember, you, you know whether you're you know in Victoria or whether you're in Melbourne. Um, wherever you are in the country, let us know where you are, what suburb you're in, ideally. And don't be scared to send us uh, a picture as well. We've got about 10, 15 minutes left to go. So I'm going to try and get through as many questions as I can. And um, we'll start off in Melbourne. Let's go. Uh, Lisa joined us via YouTube. That's great. Thanks, uh, Lisa. I've got a fully grown orange on my tree. How long will it take to ripen? Well, it depends. Um, if it's still green, it's and it's fully full-sized, um, it's going to change colour pretty soon. Most oranges, um, the crops will be sort of, you're going to find, if you've got a full-sized fruit now, you're probably going to find no later than the end of September and, and fruit will fall off the tree. So um, you can wait for it to do that, and that's always going to be the sweetest. Uh, certainly I've got some blood oranges at home, and what I find with blood oranges is, if you don't um, leave them on the tree to the point where you start to see them falling off and picking them up off the ground, um, they tend to be a bit sour. The longer they're on the tree, the more sunlight they're exposed to, the sweeter the juice is on the inside. Um, Keith, let's go to you. You're in uh, Moorbank. Uh, on my lawn, there are weeds that shoot out seeds as soon as you brush against them. Do I know what it is? I think I do. It's what we call flickweed and um, tends to be one that, tends to grow more in a shady sort of spot or where the, the soil of the lawn is quite compacted and very, very wet and moist. Now, um, interesting thing about flickweed is one little tiny seed pod. So they have these like um, pods um, packed full of about 250 seeds per pod. One little pod can throw out 250 um, seeds and those 250 seeds in 14 days can be producing more seed. So they really do spread very, very quickly. Flickweed is a, a bit of a problem and um, it is something that's quite control, well controlled by using the standard weed and feed. So those um, weed and feeds, if it's a, if your lawn's a buffalo, then you're going to need to use a buffalo weed and feed. But if it's just a standard lawn, then standard weed and feed, and that should take out the majority of them. It's not going to stop them growing and they'll continue to grow because there'll be seed now that's that's in the soil. But if you um, if you treat them now and then probably again in two months' time and probably again in two months' time, you'll knock out about 90% of it. And then, um, yeah, it's just a case of living with it. The, the real solution in preference to constantly spraying is to get your lawn growing strong and healthy. There's not a lot you can do at the moment, which is why I'm suggesting you treat it because most lawns are actually dormant at the moment. But once we get into um, some warmer weather, feed the lawn, give it a good feed, and then feed it again four weeks later. So get it growing fast and strong as the weather gets warmer and it'll smother over those weed seeds and they won't be able to take off through it. So the key is a strong, lush, healthy lawn. Keith, I hope that helps. Linda and Scott are in Adelaide. Um, hello, Linda and Scott. We've got a Granny Smith apple tree that used to grow under shade. Now, our apple tree appears stunted. It's bearing a couple of 
dozen apples a year, um, but it doesn't appear to flourish. Are there any tips on bulking it up? It's interesting. It, sh- it really, you know, apple trees are best to be in full sun. Um, grannies, I've got a granny at home myself, and um, it, it will grow away from any competing tree. So any tree that's throwing shade over it, it'll grow towards the direct sunlight. That's the first thing. The second thing is that they do love being fed. So once they're growing, feeding them continuously, and I mean probably every six weeks during the growing season is going to get the tree to really bulk out. So a combination of water and fertiliser, that'll get the tree growing strongly. Um, Long term, do you want to keep doing that? Probably not. But once you've got it to the size that you want it, then back off the fertiliser, back off the water. The tree should be well and truly established. And what you'll find is by backing off the water and the fertiliser, your crops will be better. So it's it's a strange old thing. This show is brought to you by The Garden Gurus and Evergreen Garden Care. Evergreen Garden Care and their market leading brands are some of the most trusted consumer brands within the garden care market. They produce high quality garden care products designed to help people create their own green oasis. Whether it's a garden, a balcony or potted indoor plants, they want to inspire anyone, anywhere to be able to easily create and maintain their own garden. To find out more about Evergreen Garden Care, head to www.lovethegarden.com. Now, Margaret's in Belgrave and elm beetles are invading your house and all over your white carpet. What can I do? It's a bit of a, bit of a, there's a, there's a, um, there's a barrier um, treatment and um, it's called uh, Cupex. I was trying to think of the name of it, Margaret. Cupex. Um, and what you do is you just spray it. It's a powder that you can buy in your local bunning store or your local garden centre and um, you mix it up in a watering can and water it around the outside edge. So don't spray it as such. Water it around the outside edges of all the doors, wherever they can get into the place, even sometimes window. If you've got the old wooden window sills, um, they can often find a way through there to get inside. So just literally water it over that and they will not cross over that line and you'll get control of it. It's an easy solution. Denise is in Hunter Valley, in the Hunter Valley in New South Wales, one of the most beautiful places. Um, I've got three different types of corn I want to plant. Uh, glass gems, sweet, and some maize. Can I stagger planting times to hopefully avoid cross-pollination? Absolutely. It's the best thing to do. So, Denise, that's a that's a, a fairly common problem, and the best solution is exactly what you're proposing. So, you know, I would be looking at probably every three weeks, plant some more seed and just keep going that way. But, but yeah, if you plant them all at the same time, they're going to flower at the same time, you're going to get some cross-pollination. And the downside to that is that, when you're collecting seed next time, you're going to get quite dramatic variation in the quality of the corn that you get. So, yeah, hopefully that helps a little bit. Gail is in the central coast in New South Wales. Hi, Gail. Um, I've moved our fiddly fig from inside to outside, covered the veranda, and it appears to be dying. What can I do? Look, um, at the moment it's pretty warm there. Uh, what I would suggest you do uh is so it's been inside you've gone outside i would suggest you give it a feed straight away um more than likely it's it's it shouldn't be dying more than likely what you're seeing is the foliage that's growing is growing um specifically to go into um into a dark location when you move into a brighter location you'll start to see some burning around the edges um i don't know whether you've potted it up but certainly potting fiddly figs this time of the year is a good idea um and as i said feeding 
absolutely critical. Maybe a little bit of liquid fertiliser over the foliage might be the way to go. If you use the pour and feed, the one from Scott's, that uh, the Osmocote one, um, and you, you literally feed it a little cupful a week, you will see a dramatic recovery of that plant. It will push out new growth and should recover quite quickly. Brad's in Cloncurry in Queensland. Hello, Brad. Are there any roses that will tolerate hot temperatures 40 plus in the summer? In actual fact, the best roses in the country are grown in South Australia. And the reason they grow so well is the areas where they grow them, the soil's quite heavy and it gets so hot there during summer, like 45 degrees, um, that you'll see the ground will crack. So it'll actually crack open. It's so tight. Um, now, they love hot, dry conditions. They don't like hot, humid conditions. And if you do have that sort of environment, the trick is to space them double spacing, so a metre, a metre and a half apart uh, because you need to get air movement through, otherwise you're going to suffer with diseases and they won't be as rewarding as they should be. Tanya is in Perth. Hi, Tanya. My neighbour has sprayed Roundup on my property. <gasps> How long will it take for the ground to be healthy enough again to plant it? Well, look, theoretically, um, as long as you've got microbes in the soil, they'll break that Roundup down pretty much once it comes in contact with the soil. It's, it's really only if it sprays onto the foliage of your plants that you've got a significant problem. It will break down. It will take a little bit of time, but um, you're just going to have to let Mother Nature do her, uh, her, her thing, I'm afraid. Um, sorry to hear that, Tanya. Now, Tanil is, uh, and she's actually contacted us via YouTube. In Victoria, I've got dark golden mushrooms growing in pots and garden beds. Should I pull them out? Well, look, honestly, I'd enjoy them. I, you know, unless unless there's a risk of somebody eating them, they could be toxic. It's highly likely that they are. Most mushrooms tend to be, um, but uh, these these toadstools or mushrooms or fungi, whatever you want to call them, are only breaking down organic matter. So they're converting that, and they'll break it down and turn it into soluble fertilizer for the plants around the outside. So they're not doing any harm. I'd leave them if um, if you don't mind. If you do mind, if you don't like the look of them or you feel that it's a bad, you know, there's something bad could happen with them, then pull them out, get them out of the ground. Um, Shirley, we're not sure where you're from, Shirley. Uh, and uh, it does make a difference in this particular question. You've lost some plants, gardenias and Japanese box, from curl grub. Now, curl grub is, uh, is a little white grub that you often see when you're digging the soil over. And if it gets in large quantities, it can actually eat uh, the root system. There are some treatments for it. Um, what you want is one of the drenches to drench the ground, um, and that's what I would be recommending you do. The Probably the one that I would suggest that you think about just at the moment uh, is, well, look, you know what I would suggest you do? I'd suggest you actually get into your local garden centre first. I think that's the thing I'd say. Um, the, the treatments, there are varying treatments. Some of them are safer than others, and... I just don't want to recommend something that in your area, where I don't know where you are from, um, you know, could be toxic going into groundwater or if it washes away, if it comes in contact with other areas or if you've got a big bee population, um, there are certain things that are not good for, for, for insects and, and potentially for groundwater. So can I suggest that you just get that... Um, get that uh, checked at your local garden centre. Cherie um, is in Bunyip in Victoria. Hi, Cherie. My neighbour and I are having a competition. Who can grow the best Daphne plant in a pot? Any tips? Um, t 
to help you win would be fantastic. I'm not sure whether I'm cheating here or whether I should be putting my money on you at the moment, Cherie. Um, Daphne at the moment it should be coming into flower, so you should be getting some pretty good results. It does flush growth um, right through pretty much until Christmas time in Victoria. Um, and that's time to be feeding it. But the trick is you don't want to be feeding them anything that is too intense, too fast release. So you want a controlled release fertiliser, something like Osmocote. And the trick is not to go for the Osmocote flower, but to go for the Osmocote general. Now, the reason I'm suggesting this is the general will encourage more growth, whereas the flower is going to encourage more flower. What you want to do is get as much growth because the bigger the plant, the more impressive it'll be when it comes into flower this time next year. My mum's got the best Daphne. I reckon um, her variety is heaven sent and it's a, it's an absolute ripper and she's growing it in a pot and it's just coming to flower now. It's hard to beat the perfume of, of the beautiful Daphne. Can't believe it. We've run out of time. Um, what a what a session we've gone through so many questions we've had uh, Nige Ruck we've had a great offer from um, from David Van Berkel uh, don't forget if you want to get your hands on roses now is the time to start a rose garden and that is as good as it gets now if you're wondering whether you're a winner um, of our question I'm just looking it was the question was um, what Australian native plants are you growing well here's our winners Tanil, who came into us on YouTube she's growing a lot of Australian natives including black wattles Rick had the red bottle brush Margaret had snow gum Marina had kangaroo paws and Kate had thryptamine pink lace so you guys are all winners and Lockie will be organising for those packet seats to be coming your way look it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you I'm looking forward to joining you again next week for the Garden Gurus Live. As I said, we're not far away from the Garden Gurus TV series coming up. It's uh, it's not too far away. We'll tell you a little bit more about it. Um, you can always catch this feed. So if you've only come in halfway through or, or you, you had to take off and you want to watch it again, simply go to our Facebook page. You can do that. You can also catch the podcast, um, Spotify, Apple Podcast and Audible Um our YouTube channel is uh, is another way that you can catch stories from the Garden Gurus as well as our web webpage, of course, which is thegardengurus.tv. A lot of people go .com. No, it's thegardengurus.tv. Keep that one in mind. And we'll be back next Monday. I can't wait to chat with you then. Get your questions in. Start sending them in early. It doesn't hurt. If you can, send me some photographs. It helps. And always remember, tell me what suburb you're from or what town you're from what state. We'll see you next Monday at 12pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. That's 10am Australian Western Standard Time. There you go. Got myself completely tongue-tied on that one. Thanks very much, folks. And thanks very much to the team here. Uh, this is, you might see me, but behind the scenes, there's, uh, there's uh, a team here that's always pulling things together and doing some amazing work. And um, a big thanks to Robin, Lockie, and of course, Jimmy, who's done a great job. So we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. And Trevor Cochran, see you then for the Garden Girls Live. Dig, 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 dig in the ground. I'm feeling good in the ground. I got my spade. I got my hole. I got my rake and I'm ready to go.